Hello and welcome to another episode of Cranky Talk, a show for avgeeks and non-avgeeks alike. We continue to tackle everything happening in the aviation world in the time of COVID, and this week we're going to talk about COVID passports. But first, have you subscribed to Cranky Daily? For only $9 a month, you can get the top five airline stories of the day every workday with a, shall we say, healthy dose of snark. Go to crankydaily.com to read a sample issue and subscribe. So, Brett, what exactly is a COVID passport? Well, Dave, it's it's sort of a nebulous thing. In short, it's a way for people to prove that their risk of transmitting COVID is lower. Sometimes it's called a vaccine passport, where the idea is that if you've been given the COVID vaccine, you might get special access. But it's more than that. It's also something that can show proof of a negative test, or it can show proof of immunity if you've had COVID recently. There's a lot that it's trying to cover. Right. And this sort of already exists. Uh, It's not like vaccinations for travel are a new thing, right? Very true. I remember flying to Africa and Brazil. And in both cases, I had to make sure I had a yellow fever vaccine, malaria pills, and I don't know, probably something else I can't remember. But uh, Globetrotters are undoubtedly very familiar with the old yellow book, which has proof of all your vaccinations. That's the original vaccine passport. And it's been around for as long as I know. All right, so what's the difference now? Well, I'd argue that the biggest difference is kind of how the impact is felt here. Before, it only mattered if you were going to a zone that had these tropical diseases. And if you were going to one of those places, you sure as hell wanted to make sure you were vaccinated anyway. I think it was a lot more about personal protection, although it could involve spreading elsewhere. Uh, the, The biggest concern was about you going into these places. Most travel didn't require any kind of vaccination, but now it's a different story, or it probably will be. Some countries are not open to visitors at all right now, and they're not likely to be open unless you can prove you've been vaccinated. Others will at least require a negative test. That's something we see today already. And heck, even domestic travel requires a negative test for places like Hawaii and There's been talk about doing an even broader program for all domestic travel, though it looks like the CDC has backed off that idea for now. Getting vaccinated isn't simple like it is for yellow fever. You have to wait as the rollout gets to you, so people may be tempted to cut corners. And on top of that, you have a lot of people who don't believe in science and have taken an oddly political stand on the vaccine. So it increases the likelihood of forgery of a vaccine passport for those who think they're too cool for school. Great. Vaccine passport forgery. That's uh, that's pretty ridiculous. No kidding. But those old school paper passports are so easy to forge. I mean, have you seen the cards they hand out to people who are vaccinated today? They're just these white cards that are handwritten. And that's just a U.S. document. I assume other countries have developed their own special pieces of paper. <laughs> but I mean, how hard is that to fake? Well, uh, you know, pretty easy. I've, I've already... Uh, uh, you know, I mean, uh, yeah, you know, it sounds like it wouldn't be very difficult for some unscrupulous actor. Are you getting into the illegal document trade again, Dave? I, I thought you learned your lesson after getting busted for that whole Willy Wonka golden ticket yeah, scam. Yeah, my, uh, my lawyer has advised me not to comment. So getting back to the topic, um, what's the plan to solve this problem? Okay, th- this is a 
this is going to have to come up on another podcast, I think. Uh, but the plan for this is to go digital. So that way it's a lot harder to actually forge something, though you know someone will find a way. I mean, hackers like to do this kind of stuff, so we'll see. All right, well, before we get into all that, I think we need a backup. So is this really a thing yet? Um, I know that it's being talked about, but is anyone requiring uh, any of this documentation right now? Good point. No. Well, sort of. Thank you for being clear. Well, it's my specialty. (laughs) Uh, But look, so far, the proof of you having been vaccinated means nothing on the global travel stage. Countries like Australia have signaled that whenever they do resume letting international travelers in, they're going to require proof of a vaccine. But that's still months away from happening. They don't seem to be in any kind of hurry. And there are also those who advise strongly against that plan anyway. Why? Well, consider right now how difficult it is to get a hold of a vaccine. In the U.S., it's actually a better situation than elsewhere, and it's still incredibly difficult. Meanwhile, in other countries with fewer resources, it's going to be a lot longer before people have access to vaccines. There are some governments that are very wary about creating a second-class citizen of the world because of that. Plus, it would create more of a reason for people to try to cheat, cut the line, you name it. It's really creates these ugly incentives for bad behavior and that concerns people all right i can see that so we'll see where that goes but we have to remember that this whole discussion isn't just about a vaccine passport it's about a covid passport in general proof of a negative test is something that's actively being required today so the seeds of an all-encompassing covid passport are there and the needs are growing for something to make that easier Ah, yes. I remember all the issues you had with your trip to Hawaii, which we documented in this very podcast. Exactly. (laughs) It was insanely complicated to figure out just what had to be done and when. This is the kind of thing that a COVID passport can fix. And we'll talk more about that after the break. All right. So what's the plan? Plan? (laughs) There is no plan. Uh... You're joking, right? Nope. I mean, I was laughing, but no, there is no one plan. I mean, plenty of people, countries, organizations have plans, but there's no single plan. There are all kinds of plans. (sighs) Uh Uh-huh. So right now, you have a lot of different groups trying a lot of different things. And it's going to lead to pure chaos. You know, no big deal. On the one hand, you have airlines tired of waiting for governments to do their jobs. So they've started striking out on their own. United, for example, has its Travel Ready Center, which is embedded in the airline's app and on the airline's website. You open the app or you pull up your reservation on the website, and it shows you what the restrictions are for where you're going. Then you upload the test results or whatever documentation is needed, and it'll tell you when you're ready to fly. Uh, might be the first time that we pay United a compliment on this podcast, but that's pretty slick. Wow. That's that's probably not true. (laughs) You realize now I'm going to make you go do the research and find this out. But yes, it is slick, but it only works for United. Delta has its own so-called digital concierge that's going to do something similar. And others like American and Alaska have partnered with Verifly to work with their app. Keep in mind that none of these have been approved to use as documentation to enter a country by government authorities. To start, the point here is to give the traveler peace of mind that they're ready. 
They have a single place where they can keep their information for that trip. And then it gives visual proof to the airline agents that the traveler has what they need and you can check in and board and just speeds the whole thing up. Okay, so this is good, but it's not an actual solution to the whole problem. And we may not even know the whole problem since it's unclear what rules and regulations are going to be down the road. Yep, pretty much. This really needs to be led from a governmental perspective, because if they won't allow these to be used for entry, then what good are they? It's, it's a half measure. And we do have some efforts in the works. This isn't the government, but the International Air Transport Association, which, Dave, you probably know as IATA, is yeah. about as, yeah, way to pretend. Uh, <laughs> that, <laughs> they're about as close as it gets, but uh, it's really kind of a the airline's quasi-governmental global lobbyist. So it should have sway to be able to put these kind of things together on a global scale. And IATA has created the Travel Pass. Wow. Catchy name. Like I said, quasi-governmental. They could probably beef up their branding division a little bit. But anyway, the Travel Pass is supposed to solve all the world's problems. And they actually have found a government to test it out for them. It's Italy, right? Please be Italy. Please be Italy. Do you really expect the Italian government to be that forward-thinking? You know, it's, it's a stretch, but a boy can dream. No, it's not Italy. It's Panama! Crank it up! Yeah, no, we, we don't have the rights for this song. Uh, and wasn't that song about a car? <sighs> details, details, man. Anyway... It helps when you're a small country with a single dominant airline and virtually no domestic market. And a desperate need for tourism. That too. They start testing there in March, uh, sometime in March, on select flights. But the idea will be that you can download the app and providers will be able to put test results in there. And eventually vaccines and all that stuff gets into the app and then all the parties can be notified that you're ready to go and it's a whole web of connectivity or something like that. Uh, Emirates is doing a test too, and I'm sure others will come online. Parties, web of connectivity. Sounds like a good time. So uh, (laughs) is this the answer? Mm -hmm. It should be. This is what IATA should be facilitating since it's a global effort, but that doesn't mean it will be. And with the U.S. airlines partnering with others, will they adopt IATA's travel pass? I don't know. And there are others as well. Seriously? Uh-huh. Yeah. Things have moved so fast that it's like a gold rush right now. There's Common Pass, which is a giant joint effort by the Commons Project, the World Economic Forum, and others. Uh, United tested that one last year, as did Cathay Pacific. JetBlue, Lufthansa, Swiss, and Virgin Atlantic are on board. And yes, I did say United which did a test with Common Pass, but it has its own travel-ready center, which is not related to Common Pass. So those are two separate things. Okay, I retract uh, my previous compliment because I am now confused. Well, you're not the only one, and I, I think that's going to be a <clears throat> common problem until this standardizes. <laughs> yeah. But it has to standardize. Eventually, it'll calm down. Things will get even cooler than this. Uh, There's a biometric component to make it easier to verify who you are using all your traits, all that kind of stuff. And and by the way, by cool, I mean scary, dystopian society kind of cool. 
but yeah that's just my kind of cool <laughs> well as a movie aficionado you can appreciate <laughs> it but you know who needs to go to the theaters when you can just watch it in your own airport yeah anyway we'll see where it all comes out Thanks for tuning into Cranky Talk. We'll be back with more deep dives and helpful tips for these turbulent times. But before that happens, we'll have the 20th episode of the Cranky Flyer interview. I talked to Avianca CEO Anko van der Werf about the future of his airline. Look for that to post here next week. And please rate and review us on iTunes. Five stars only, please. You can write whatever you want in the review, but those five stars will help others discover our little podcast. If you write something especially nice, I'll read it out on the show. I, I just want to point out that if Dave says you can write anything, you should really test him with this and, and see where that goes. <laughs> yeah, I'm not going to read horrible, horrible things. But, you know, if you've got your grandma's favorite cookie recipe, I'll read it out on the show. Sure. All right. Now I'm hungry. <laughs> All right, everybody. Thanks for listening. <laughs>